0: Good morning, my sisters and brother. Thank you, Father. I stand, I stand in awe of you, God. God, this morning I feel I'm so overwhelmed because I keep thinking Of all that you have done. I keep thinking at the progress you are making. I keep thinking, Father, that even as Tashina spoke this morning, about sometimes, Lord, the prayers we pray that seem to go unanswered and we feel discouraged. But Lord, this morning we are reminded that you call us to stand before you, to be in awe of you, God, because your timing is always the right time. And so, Father, this morning, I share your word, God. I pray that you will speak through me. I pray that you will speak to me and through me. I pray that, Father, your, your children will hear your words, God. And, Father, that you will work with them with the power of the Holy Spirit to bring about the change and the growth that you desire for them, that they may trust you and know you more this morning. Father, let the word that you have given this morning be receptive to their hearts. Lord, let it fall on fertile soil. Cause those who hear this morning, Father God, to bring forth a harvest, that the word will bring forth a harvest in their lives and that they will never be the same. So we give you thanks this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, my sister, the songs, the, I just feel so emotional this morning with the songs that are being sung. The topic of my message this morning is unlocking the power in the name. Unlocking the power in the name. The text I will be looking at this morning is John 16, verses 23-23. 24. And the text read as follows. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete I want us to focus on a question that I thought about and I wanted to reflect on it I'll give you a minute to think about it consider a time when you when your answered prayer brought you great joy think of a moment or a time that God answered your prayer and it brought you great joy Was that answer or prayer motivated by a need or was it regulated by God's will? Did your answer to the prayer came because God answer gave you your desire or was it that he fulfilled his will in your life? Our text, John 16 verses 23 to 24, is part of the farewell discourse which contains the final teachings and conversations of Jesus with his disciples on the night before he was crucified. Jesus comforts his disciples and prepares them for his departure, and he challenges them, and he says, I know you will face many challenges when I'm gone. And in the text this morning, we see where Jesus assures the disciples that praying in his name guarantees them direct access to God the Father. I'm going to be making bold statements that you may question as I say them. Jesus assures his disciples that praying in his name guarantees them direct access to God the Father. Jesus instructs his disciples to change their prayer practice because using his name guarantees Answered prayers. Bold statement, right? Jesus promises his disciples that prayers in alignment with God's will and offered in his name guarantees complete joy. In essence, what I'm saying that Jesus has guaranteed us some things and you right now may be questioning, wonder if she's wacko. Guarantees? So what about those prayer that I have prayed that are yet to be answered? John 16, 23 to 24 provides invaluable insights into unlocking the power of praying in the name of Jesus. It also unlocks the significance of praying in Jesus' name and the joy that comes from a deep relationship with God. So listen to what the text unlocks. The power of praying in the name the significance of praying in the name, and the joy that comes from a deep relationship with God. My first claim this morning that I know you will question is that Jesus' name guarantees direct access to God the Father. While Jesus was physically on earth with his disciples, they, they posed their concerns directly to him. We see that in in John 14, where he says to them, ask anything in my name and I will do it. John 14 from verses 13 to to 14. But now that he was leaving them physically to return to his father, their lives would undergo significant changes. You can think about it. You have a leader and the leader is no longer with you. Life would change because then the decisions would be made for them. But now they are going to have to learn to, to go through life, learning new things. They would face persecution, Jesus told them, that in this world, John 16, in this world you will have many troubles, he says, but take heart have overcome the world. So they would face persecution and be great mourning while the world was rejoicing. In John 16, 23, Jesus comforted disciples by assuring them that his father will give them anything they ask in his name he said in that day you will no longer ask me for anything very truly i tell you my father will give you whatever you ask for in my name so what is in the name of jesus Praying in the name of Jesus provides direct access to God the Father, where we can communicate our thoughts, feelings, needs, desires, make our requests known, and seek his guidance, provision, and strength. According to 1 Corinthians 8, 6, God is the ultimate source and all we need. Praying in the name of Jesus demonstrates our connection to Jesus his teaching, and his mission, and it aligns our prayers with God's will. When you and I pray in the name of Jesus, it's never a magical formula. Therefore, just adding the name, you know we pray and we say, in the name of Jesus, or someone may be praying, and for every point they make, someone may say, or they may say, in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, Lord bless her, in the name of Jesus, Father, let the rain fall, in the name of Jesus. We pray like that, right? And we know persons will pray like that. But just adding or attacking the name of Jesus at the end of our prayer before we say amen does not guarantee that God will favorably answer our prayers. So why did you just say Jesus' name guarantees direct access to God the Father? Praying in Jesus' name signifies a deeper spiritual reality rooted in trust and faith in the goodness and in the sovereignty of God over all his creation, including his children. Praying to God the Father in the name of Jesus helps us to develop a deep and personal relationship with the Father that causes us to depend on him to provide the peace and the comfort we need, especially when we are experiencing anxieties and fears. Praying in Jesus' name is to pray in the character and purpose of Jesus. It is to seek the will of Jesus to be accomplished on earth and the kingdom of God to be established and furthered. Praying in Jesus' name is to invoke his authority and his will and to acknowledge that God will only grant or requests that are not contrary to his plan. I will repeat that one. Praying in Jesus' name is to invoke his authority and his will and to acknowledge that God will only grant the requests that are not contrary to his plan. My next claim this morning is that Jesus' name guarantees answered prayers. In John 14, 13 to 14, Jesus promised his disciples that anything they ask in his name, he will do it. He said, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That sounds like a very blanket statement. Anything should mean anything, right? Again, Jesus echoes the same promise in John 16, 23, even though he was no longer going to be physically present with the disciples. Jesus was not leaving the disciples as, an, as orphans. And so he said, in that day, when, and in that day means when I am no longer with you when I am no longer physically with you, when I'm no physically longer on earth, he said, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Why? Because my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. You hear that whatever again? My father will give you anything, whatever, all things that you ask, In my name, so Jesus was guaranteeing his disciples that their prayers will be answered, even in his absence. As the disciples pray, they will be transformed, and God's will—and but not their will will be—and or not their desire will become their focus. As the mediator between man and, and 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 humanity, Jesus knew acting. Or praying in his name is an act of faith and trust in his power and in, in his authority. In verse 24, Jesus noted that up to, until that point, the disciples have not asked for anything in his name. And he says, Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. He was still physically present with them, and they have not asked him for anything in his name. However, The dynamics of their relationship with God would change after Jesus' departure. So they needed to change their prior practice. Instead of asking Jesus as they were initially instructed, they would now approach the Father directly using the name of Jesus to unlock the door for their prayers to be answered by the Father. Jesus still guarantees that promise to you and me. And to those who are in relationship with him. When we make our request directly to the Father in the name of Jesus, our prayers will be answered. And you may be asking, what is she saying? How many prayers have I prayed in the name of Jesus? And they have not come through. How many prayers have I prayed in the name of Jesus? And they are yet to be answered. But you may ask, then why are my prayers not being favorably answered? there is an extent to the request the Father will grant. Although Jesus promised that using his name guarantees our prize being answered by the Father, the Father will only grant requests that are ultimately aligned with his divine will being done on earth as it is in heaven. It must go according to God's divine plan. 1 John 5.14 tells us that this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. In essence, John is saying to us that when you ask God anything according to his will, he's going to grant it. It is a guaranteed answered prayer because you're asking according to that which he had intended from the beginning to do. Therefore, not every prayer offered in Jesus' name will result in specific outcomes. The, in the specific outcome, the petitioner desires. Prayers contrary to the will and plan of the Father has no hope of being granted. In 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 10. Paul prayed three times for God to take away the thorn in his flesh. But God had a higher purpose for Paul than to heal him of his sickness. God would not be glorified in Paul being healed. God was going to be glorified in Paul's weakness because in Paul's weakness, Paul depended more on God. Again, in Matthew 26, verse 39, Jesus prayed to his father for deliverance from death on the cross in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. However, according to Philippians 2, 6-10, we saw where Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death on the cross and the father was glorified it is absolutely necessary and it was absolutely necessary for jesus to be crucified buried and resurrected because if he didn't if the father had granted him his request to not die on the cross the world including you and i would not have had access and to be to forgiveness of sins from the father Jesus became the sacrifice and the ransom paid for our sins. So he had to die and his requests denied. So does my prayer align with God's divine will and plan? And how do I know if what I ask of the Father is in accordance with his divine will and plan for me? And that may may be the question. So how do I know when my plan or my, my prayer align with God's will? Discerning God's will can be a process and may not be immediately clear for all of us. However, when you and I trust in God's goodness and faithfulness, we will become more attuned to his will and find greater clarity in our prayers. In Romans 12, verse 2, Paul urges believers and he says, this is how you know the will of God. Offer your bodies first and foremost as a living sacrifice. In essence, he's saying yield to God. Yield to God your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him as your true and proper worship. Then he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect. We must surrender our desires for God's will. Jesus modeled this in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. He says, Lord, let your will be done. Jesus was willing to give up his desire so that the will of the Father will be done. There's no way you and I can understand the will of the Father if all we're fighting for is that our desires be met. We must renew our mind with the word of God. Although the Bible may not answer all our individual questions, it is the primary source for understanding God's characters character, values, and his will. Our prior requests must align with the character of God and not the practices of the world. When we need to know God's will, we pray for wisdom and we seek guidance in decision-making. James 1, 5 to 6 tells us that if anyone lacks wisdom, we should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. So we see right there, James is saying, when you ask for wisdom, when you seek, when you are seeking God's will, you have to come to God knowing. You have to come to God knowing that he knows, believing that he knows, and trusting that he knows without doubt. Be patient and test the spirit god's timing and god's answers to his prayers may never align with our timeline or our desires be cautious of our tendency to be impatient if you are like me we we tend to have a plan b we said okay if god does not come in this way if god does not respond this way i have another plan be careful of our tendency to be impatient especially when our desires contradict the teaching of Christ or go against moral and ethical principles found in the Bible. I remember our sister Karen preached to us one Sunday that there is weight in waiting. But there is also the possibility that God may be waiting on us to move before he answers our requests. To ask in Jesus' name is to submit to God in obedience through his son and not a blanket promise to give us whatever we want whenever we desire it. When we come to the Father through Jesus our high priest, we acknowledge that Jesus' name is above every name both in this age and in the one to come. However, we acknowledge that he has the power to answer our request if it is according to his perfect will. But if he does not, we affirm that he is sovereign and we affirm that it is his will that must be accomplished. So you and I may may wonder, but why has God not answered my prayer and, and it is according to his will? Because it says he provides for us or whatever the scripture says god does what god does at god in god's timing i remember sharing with a friend of mine this week about a blueprint and using the analogy that if a blueprint is drawn up to 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 to, to, to build a home no person cannot their own timing go and change the mason cannot change the drawing by building a house two feet bigger or five feet bigger it would throw out everything else it would change the budget the client would now have to find more money. It would change the materials that would have to be used because areas that could have been gone unsupported may now need support because it has been extended. It would need more, it would extend the time frame in which the job would have been done because the blueprint, the the, the working drawing would now be increased to accommodate that extension. Everything would change once God's will is thrown out. So God cannot work out of his will because he would have then had to make adjustments to everything your life affects mine. And if he extends, if he does something different to, for your desire, he would have to address things in my life. Tashina's life, Tracy's life, Sherry's life, Ruth's life, reefer's life—you would have to adjust everything because your life and my life, our lives are intertwined. Although he says, "Whenever you pray, my my name guarantees answers." Prior, in essence, he's saying the prayers that are guaranteed to be answered are the prayers that are according to the will of the Father. So I want you to go back to that question I asked you earlier. Consider the time when your prayers brought you great joy. Was it motivated by your need or your desire? Or do you think it was regulated by God's will? I want you to think about that question. My third and final point this morning is that Jesus' name guarantees complete joy i keep using the word guarantee guarantee because it, it does in fact guarantee yet it is stipulated under certain conditions in verse 24 jesus said to his disciple until now you have not asked for anything in my name ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete complete joy is not a life without challenges and difficulties. Actually, I cannot forget the morning Sister Tamar told us that joy cannot operate without sorrow. Joy without anything, without sorrow is happiness, which is temporary. Joy needs sorrow, it needs disappointment, it needs things to be operating at the same time. Because you and I can say we are happy because nothing is happening, or we are our bills are paid, we are not sick in our bodies, our families are well, and everything is going well, and we say we are happy. But the moment something comes in, a difficulty or something challenging comes in, that happiness is gone because happiness is fleeting. But you and I can experience joy. Even though we cannot pay our bills, even though we are sick in our bodies, even though we have relational issues, even though our children are, may, may not be going through what we need them to be going through or what they are facing, we can experience joy. Because joy is a deep abiding, is is, is a deep and abiding. Complete joy, I'm sorry, is a deep abiding joy that transcends circumstances and is rooted in our relationship with God and our alignment with His will. The will of God determines your joy. Walking in the will of God determines how joyful you are. Therefore, joy is a gift from God that does not come only when we receive what we ask or what we desire. So if you're waiting for complete joy to come, but when all your needs are met, that won't happen. Complete joy comes when we realize that because we trusted in God, because we prayed in his name and walk in his ways, our desires are in harmony with what God desires and wills for us. Complete joy only happens when there is that harmonizing of my desire with God's will. Where there is a coinciding of both. So God is giving me what, not what I desire, but what he wills for me. It is a joy born from knowing that we are walking in God's plan and purpose for our lives. I remember a story a very sad story of a woman wanting to get pregnant and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and nothing would happen and she tried everything everything and finally she got pregnant and so she said yes finally I got pregnant and I'm going to have this child and like Tashina said this morning joy comes when the birth the birth is going to take place but what she had should have preferred not to have been born she got a child that had was a vegetable from the beginning from birth to death and would never have lived long and sometimes that though, that story may not necessarily be a good story to share sometimes we 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 we, we desire something and we pray about it, and we pray about it, and there's no open door happening. But we forge, and we find our own ways, and we, we we come up with our plan B's and our plan C's, and we forge our way until we get it. And we then we say, yes, this was God's will. Sometimes, no, it wasn't God's will. And there's no joy sometimes in receiving those things. Because complete joy only occurs when God, when my desire coincides or harmonizes with God's will. Jesus concludes by suggesting that when the disciples' prayers are aligned with God's will and offered in Jesus' name, they will receive what they have asked for and they will experience a deep and lasting joy considered or called complete joy. This morning, I thought about Hannah. In 1 Samuel, Hannah prayed and prayed, and I I thought about it. I said, Hannah prayed, and she prayed. The scripture said, year after year, she prayed asking the Lord for a son. Year after year, she prayed, and God did not respond to Hannah's request until the moment God wanted a prophet. If Anna had had Samuel before, Anna would have just had a son. But when Anna's desire coincided with God's desire, the year and the date and the months and, and the, the, the actual timing, Hannah received a son. God received a prophet. Our requests should not be motivated by our needs and our desires, but should be regulated by the will of God. I will repeat. For our joy to be complete, our request in prayer should not be motivated by our needs and our desires only, but should be regulated by the will of God. So what am I sensing God is saying to us this morning? God is saying to us through uh, through the Holy Spirit this morning that the, the name of Jesus, the name that he gave his son, Jesus, guarantees access to him, direct access. It guarantees that when we pray in his name, according to his will, he answers every prayer that is prayed according to his will. He's also saying to you and I this morning that he guarantees complete joy to those whose will and desire coincides or harmonizes with his desire and will. That is only when we'll experience complete joy. John 16, 23 to 24 reminds us that prayer is not just a religious ritual. But it's a dynamic and transformative conversation with our Heavenly Father. So when we pray in alignment with Jesus' teaching and mission, we tap into the promise of answered prayer. And we experience the profound joy that comes from a close relationship with God. Our prayers many times go unanswered. Not only because of the time or the timing but because we're not praying according to the father's will. I think even as a mother desiring to give my children everything they ask me for, I wish I had everything. And I mean everything, I meant everything to give to my children. But even then, I know that there are things that they will need that I know as a parent is not good for them and would not desire to give to them. How much more, our Heavenly Father, who knows not only our today, but he knows our end. And because he knows that we, although we are physically here, we are already seated in the heavenly realms. He knows the end. He knows the destiny. He knows the what is going to be like at the end. And he says, you are already seated. So I cannot allow you to make a mistake now by granting you what you desire if it is not good for you. And that can be sad at times, especially when you have thought that this is the best thing for me. When, Especially when, when because we are limited in our knowledge, we are limited in insight, and we think if we don't get this thing now, we're going to die. There are many things I have prayed for, and I thank the Lord right now that he didn't answer them. Because if he had answered them, I would have be been problems. Many things I ask him for with earnest, earnestly on my knees, fasting about it. But thank the Lord that he didn't answer. Because if he had answered it, oh my God, I don't know where I would have been today. Or where would I, would I be today? I want you, my sisters and brothers, to consider. Consider the prayer that you have out there waiting on God to answer. Consider what you have offered on the altar before the Lord yesterday, today. The pressing need that you have from when. It could have been a need that started today. It could be a need for for years. Consider that pressing need. Could it be that there is no answer to the prayer? Because God is saying to you, Your desire is not harmonizing with my will for you. I have a better plan for you. Actually, I have the best plan for you. And it does not look like what you're asking. Could it be that God is saying to you, the prayer is not answered because it's not the time? Could it be that praying in the name of Jesus has unlocked the power in his name, but you have failed to see what God is offering you because you are desiring something else or something different. Praying in the name of Jesus guarantees answered prayer, but only when we pray according to the will of the Father. May you and I find the time to seek the Father to know his will. May you and I come to that place. Where we we come. Seeking the father for wisdom. For insight. So that we can. We can be patiently waiting on him. To guarantee. Or to give us. The answered prayer. That he guarantees. May the, today. We ask the father. Lord. Those prayers that are out there waiting to be answered. Cancel that one. Cancel that one, Father. Cancel that request, Father. Cancel that request. Because although I think I need it, it may just not be according to your will or according to your timing. The so Father, I thank you for your word this morning. It wasn't an easy word for me. And it may not be an easy word for those who are listening. Because what it is saying is that you, we run the risk of asking things of you that you will never grant us. We run the risk of asking things of you, Father, that you will never hear and respond to. We run the risk, Father God, of asking you for things that God is against your will. And will never be favorably answered. But Father, I thank you for the new information that we have this morning. That you said in your word that the only thing you will answer are those prayers that are prayed in accordance with your will. So this morning, God, we come to you in confidence, approaching you. Asking you, Father, for the things that 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 are of your will. The thing that will be done on earth because they're already done in heaven. The things, Father God, that will advance the kingdom of God in our lives. The role that we will play, Father, in advancing and furthering the kingdom. And Father, we know that providing food and shelter. We know, Father God, that for giving us jobs. We know, Father God, for keeping us healthy is part and parcel of your will for our lives. But ever so often, Father, your will is for us to suffer. Ever so often, Father God, like Paul, the thorn in our flesh will not be removed. Like Jesus, we have to go to the cross. Father, today we pray that, Lord, we will... So align our desires with yours, God, that even as we we pray for things, we'll hold them loosely in our hands, trusting you that, Lord, if you do not deliver according to our desire, we trust the fact that you are sovereign. Lord, cause us to look at your heart, cause us to see you and cause us to know that your heart is, you, you are faithful, you are good You are kind, you are loving, and if you do not give it to us, God, it's not because you aren't caring, it's because you are saying to us, it's not the time or it's not my will for you. So, Father, cause us to trust you more. Cause us to trust you with our lives. Cause us to depend on you, because that's what Jesus was saying to the disciples. You need to depend more on the Father. As I go, you will depend more on the Father to grant you his will for your life. So, Father, we bless your word this morning. And we give you thanks for all that you will do as we reflect on what you have said to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.